Welcome to the Edutainer Podcast. My name is Erin Albert. In this podcast, we explore the intersection between education and entertainment. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next. Hey everybody, Erin Albert, Tuesday, July 27th, 2021. Hope your weeks are going through just fine. We got over the Monday hump, right? So uh, today I wanted to follow up on something that I actually wrote over the day job at Apex Benefits. The post uh, was up July 16th on our blog and the title of it is The Perfect PBM, Does It Exist? Now, I have to give a full disclosure here. First of all, my official title at Apex Benefits is Pharmacy Benefit Practice Leader. So that being said, I'm about to give my personal opinions on what I think the perfect PBM might be. Realizing, of course, that there is no such thing as perfect. But criteria that I personally, Aaron Albert, looks for in a PBM or a pharmacy benefit manager when we work with them. So if you're not in the world of pharmacy, there are intermediary companies called pharmacy benefit managers that are hired by employers or plans in healthcare to provide a variety of services. And that variety of services can vary widely. The pharmacy benefit managers really came out of historically the what we call the claims adjudication process. So when you go to your pharmacy and you have uh, you work for an employer and they give you a health care insurance, they give you a little card. You turn over that card along with your prescription, and your pharmacist fills that prescription. But part of the filling process includes claims adjudication, meaning that real time when that pharmacist is filling that prescription, they can go online and negotiate online real time with that pharmacy benefit manager, the cost of your prescription, what the plan itself, your employer is going to pay of that prescription, and then what you as the member of that plan are going to pay as your copay or your co-insurance. A copay is a flat fee, a coinsurance is a percentage fee of the cost of the drug. Okay, so that was how these PBMs grew up. But subsequently, they've evolved into a lot of different services as well. They'll do clinical analysis, drug utilization review, lots of other things. They even have clinical programs for certain types of patients like diabetic patients or for other disease states. But I want to look at kind of the holy grail when it comes to PBMs. And if you're, again, not part of the industry, what you may not know behind the scenes is that pharmacy and the pharmacy benefit managers are not always seeing eye to eye on things because the PBMs, in their own infinite wisdom, have created opportunities for them to make money and they're not always fully transparent about how they make money. Now, again, that's not all PBMs. That's some PBMs. So at Apex Benefits, I work with these folks every day because our employers need to hire someone to administer their pharmacy benefits. 
Right now, from my analysis of the landscape, it appears that there's about 70 different pharmacy benefit manager companies out there. There are what we call the big three, and those are CVS, Caremark, those are Optum, which is part of United Healthcare, and Express Scripts, which is now part of Cigna. Those are the big three PBMs. And that's when I say those, those medical companies, what's happening is what we call vertical integration. If you're an MBA, you probably know this. <laughs> In that the healthcare plans, your medical benefit administrators, are actually buying or acquiring a pharmacy benefit manager so they can offer one whole suite of services to employees or employers. So for example, your company that you work for has to go out and buy a medical plan and they have to buy a pharmacy benefit plan. It sometimes appears to be easier to just buy that all from one place. However, you can think of all the issues that might come up with that as well through vertical integration. Are you really getting the best deal from both the medical carrier as well as the pharmacy benefit manager? So of those 70-ish PBMs, again at Apex, we work with about 60 of them. And this post that I put forth was, again, great criteria that we look for in a pharmacy benefit manager. So I wanted to talk through some of those today. Of course, I'll put the Apex blog post in show notes for this podcast today. But there are several parameters on the blog post of which I'll walk through a couple of them today. Now, before I go there, I want to state for the record as a pharmacist that I don't think, in theory, every company needs a pharmacy benefit manager. Now, I'm probably going to get a lot of pushback on that from the PBMs. But I think in some instances with some companies and where their employees are located, it doesn't necessarily need to be a requirement for that company to hire a pharmacy benefit manager. Now, when would you not do that? Well, I can't go there on this podcast because that could be a whole other four-hour discussion if, it, uh, if I wanted it to be. So just suffice it to say that there are some instances where employers don't have to hire a PBM. But that aside, let's assume that we've got an employer that needs to hire a pharmacy benefit manager. So what should they look for? Well, first of all, they really need to abide by the law. And that's operating within the boundaries of state and federal law here in the U.S. Now, you might think that's kind of a duh, but you'd be surprised what's going on out there with some of the PBMs. I'm going to leave that bullet there, but uh, of course, every company should have their general counsel involved in things like contract reviews when they're hiring these PBMs, etc. So that's a number one that, you know, could be a huge red flag if uh, it's not abided by. Okay, number two, the PBMs provide on-time, clear, consistent, and detailed requests for for proposal responses, RFPs. So a lot of brokers will put out an RFP in pharmacy benefits for an employer using claims history. 
and a lot of other parameters like plan design, formulary, networks, all those good things. There is nothing more frustrating than receiving a vague response, no response, or a very late response from a PDM. To me, that is a huge red flag in that if they can't even get back what they need to get back in a timely fashion to a broker for consideration for hire, then how in good graces can we expect that they would provide top shelf customer service if that employer hires them? So we set deadlines and if they don't achieve the deadlines, to me, that is a huge red flag. So if you're working for a PBM and you by chance are listening to this podcast, that might be something in consideration for you. When responding or given the opportunity to respond to an RFP, if you know you cannot meet the parameters set forth by the RFP in the time frame suggested, then you need to tell the broker straight up that you cannot or you should decline responding to that proposal. Okay, the third bullet here is probably one of the most important, if not the most important of all, once you get past those first two. And that's the the, the PBM is providing fully transparent, 100% pass-through contracting. And transparency is a word that has been honestly abused in the PBM industry because everybody says they're transparent when in fact, most PBMs are not. Now, I didn't say all. There are some out there that are what we even call fiduciary, meaning that they will put the client's interests ahead of their own, and they have some legal obligations as a fiduciary to do so. Now, what are those? I'm not going to get into those today either. But just suffice it to say that you really want to find a true, transparent pharmacy benefit manager. Remember that I said PBMs have figured out multiple ways to make money. A lot of them make a lot of money in a lot of different ways. What you want to find in a PBM is they're only going to make money in one place, and that is through an administrative fee only. And I could, again, go on for hours about the ways that PBMs make money, but you can tell through their contracting language and their PBM agreement with the client whether or not they are truly being transparent. There are things like spread, rebates, all kinds of things going on behind the scenes, even basic things like float where they keep rebate money and earn interest off of it and then pass back the rebate money to the employer much later than it should be. There's just, like I said, about 40 different ways that PBMs can actually make money. So what you really want to look for is that administrative fee only service cost. And what is that dollar fee that is reasonable? Well, again, I would point you back to a broker that is knowledgeable to know that. I'm not going to share that here because that's stuff that we work on each and every day at Apex Benefits. But suffice it to say that there is a range out there that is a reasonable cost to make money by the PBM, but not gouge the employer as well. 
there are some parameters on the blog post where I talk about transparency in this particular bullet. So I will refer you back to those as well. All right, the next bullet is also analogous to the contract, the PBM contract between the employer and the PBM. And by the way, there are other ways to design those contracts that are not as favorable to the employer. Again, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail around that, but just suffice it to say that you definitely want to have a knowledgeable person negotiating for you if you're an employer in hiring a new PBM. And one of the things is that that PBM contract needs to be updated on a frequent basis. How frequent? I think in the past, the average contract length was maybe three to five years. And in this day and age with healthcare being what it is, that is a lifetime. So you really want to look for shorter terms on your PBM contracts. And another test that we use, Aaron uses when working with the PBMs in trying to acquire the best solution for our clients, really lies around customer service. If I ask a lot of questions, I would expect a lot of answers for a client after an RFP. And some PBMs are really great at giving very detailed analysis post request for proposal uh, feedback. Some are not. And again, if you're holding up the show as a PBM, that is a challenge because the broker or whomever, the consultant, who whomever is doing the analysis across all the PBM RFPs really needs to have that information so they can do a cross-comparative analysis. What happens behind the scenes is when you're hiring a PBM, if your consultant or your broker is doing it right, they're not just slapping the responses down on the desk of the employer and saying, pick one. <laughs> what they're doing is they're doing behind the scenes a true up of all of the PBMs to get them as fair and equitable as possible. You can't just look at each response as it sits and know that it's a cross-comparative fair assessment because they all do it differently. So I all inevitably get asked, you know, are there PBMs to avoid? Uh, and in all fairness, I need to remain neutral because we work with 60 out of the 70 PBMs out there. But I would say there is definitely a spectrum by which the PBMs operate on the nice and naughty scale, <laughs> meaning that there are some PBMs out there that are not as forthcoming or honest about how they make money. They're not as transparent as other pharmacy benefit managers or PBMs. So there you go. I just thought I'd give you a brief overview, kind of my own pie-in-the-sky dream list when it comes to a pharmacy benefit manager. Again, I think sometimes the best answer might be no pharmacy benefit manager, but again, you kind of need to know and work with someone very knowledgeable in the field to understand when you could not need a pharmacy benefit manager versus, yeah, you really do need one as an employer. 
So there you go. I'm going to, again, refer you to the blog post that I will post in show notes here for you today. I hope this helps. And of course, I have to say along the lines of Apex Benefits and Kinetic Health, our consulting arm at Apex, we help employers suss out these 60 different PBMs each and every day. That is what I do professionally. We're here to help. So if you're an Indiana employer, particularly a self-funded employer, we can help you at Apex. So give me a shout out. Send me a private message. You can always find me at Aaron L. Albert on Twitter. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn as well over at Instagram. I'm just Aaron Albert. So I hope that helps. If you're a pharmacist and you don't really know that much about the PBM industry, maybe this podcast will shed a little more light on what really happens behind the scenes. I know, you know, when I worked the bench in community pharmacy, I dealt with the call centers, with the PBMs, you know, when a claim was prior authed or uh, a claim just wasn't going through for some reason. And I definitely had my own opinions when I was working on community pharmacy side of the house. But now that I've been behind the scenes working with brokers as well and consultants, I have a newfound appreciation for the levels of complexity that come to hiring the perfect PBM. And again, there is no perfection, just a spectrum. I hope you found this informative and I hope you have a great rest of the week and I'm sure I'll be back soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Edutainer. If you're a super fan, head on over to our Patreon page for The Edutainer and you get extra goodies just for being a super fan. Our Patreon page is called Behind the Counter, and on it, we have an extra blog full of goodies just for our super fans. Also, join me on Clubhouse this year. I'm at Aaron Albert there, as well as Instagram. Over at Twitter, I'm at Aaron L. Albert, and of course, you all know I love LinkedIn. So let's connect, and let's have a great 2021 together. <laughs>